follow Senior Teen Messages presented in this caregiver-centric podcast, providing an update on what's new and exciting across the campuses of Enmo Medical Center. Hello, everyone. I'm Jolene Francis, Vice President of Philanthropy and Communications. Welcome to the January 2023 episode of Enmo's Message. Today, I'm sharing the microphone with CEO Mike Wiltermood. Mike is going to share some updates and news important to you as we begin the new year. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Mike. I hope you had a great holiday with your family. What was your favorite thing about the holiday season this year? Well, our family's spread out quite a bit. We've got kids in New York, Tennessee, Utah, family in Washington and Idaho and Utah. And it was just great getting everybody together. It doesn't happen very often, but, you know, getting all the nieces and nephews and grandkids and kids. And so we, we had a great time. It was pretty chaotic, but a lot of fun. Oh, good. How many grandkids do you have now? We have four oh, right man. now, but it seems like eight sometimes. <laughs> They're at that age. It feels like eight, right? Yeah. I hear you. So, Mike, in past episodes, we've discussed our financial performance and the hurdles all hospitals are preparing for over the next couple of years. Can you please share a little more about what Enlo's leadership has been charged with accomplishing the rest of this fiscal year? Well, a number of our listeners may have already heard from their managers that we're trying to reduce our operating costs by about 5%. Now, keeping in mind, we have a roughly an $800 million annual budget. 5% is about $40 million. It's not as easy as 5% may sound. We know that. But the reason that this is necessary is that like a lot of hospitals across the country, we're experiencing many of the effects of the kind of a post-COVID world where, you know, we see supply chain issues and inflation and labor shortages, things like that. And since most hospitals are dependent on, highly dependent on government payers like Medicare and Medi-Cal, those payers are not increasing the rates that they pay hospitals to compensate us for those increased costs. So it's important for us to look at all avenues, you know, all opportunities that we have to reduce our expenditures. Now, what what we're saying is not to do more with less. We're saying to do less with less. And by that, we mean we have to take a, a hard look at the services that we're providing and prioritize those that have the most value for our community and our organization. So that's the challenge that we've given our, our managers and directors and other leaders within the organization is to, is to look at those things critically and see how we can make those adjustments. The, the issue for us going forward, of course, is that we, we expect that market-driven rates for labor and, and supplies are going to continue to increase. And so we have to create some space within our budget to be able to manage those. And if we do that ahead of time, we can do that appropriately at a, at a speed that the organization can handle without having to make sudden adjustments that be disruptive to folks. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great explanation. Thanks for that. I know that managers are encouraging staff to to ask questions if they have them. And I'm, I know that you're always open to those questions as well. So if people have questions, they can just email you, I'm guessing. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah. So some people out there might be wondering why we would undertake a large and costly project to build a new comprehensive community cancer center, while at the same time we're attempting to remove costs from our existing operations. Can you shed a little more light on that decision for us? Sure. The time horizon on large capital projects is pretty significant. It's, it's years, not months or weeks. And if we allowed a bad quarter or a bad year financially to disrupt our efforts to keep pace with capital investment our organization needs, we'd never do anything. So, you know, we, we have borrowing capacity and we have investments that provide support for these major capital investments, as well as fundraising, which is extremely important to our ability to recapitalize our organization. So we, we continue to move forward on those projects that are necessary. The reason why we're putting so much of a focus on cancer is that as, as we look at the priorities that, that are important for our community, cancer rises to the top as the number one public health issue that we're facing. Our area, Butte County, Tehama County, Glen County, these, are, these counties have the highest rates of cancer in the state of California, as well as the highest mortalities. And it's something that we're committed to fixing and improving on. Earlier diagnosis, better treatments, treatments that are close to home. So people who have to travel And this project is going to raise all the boats. Fortuitously, cancer actually has a high profit margin, cancer treatments do. And they'll enable us to provide support for other necessary services that don't quite have that margin. Good. Thanks for that explanation, Mike. I hope, hope that explains it to those folks out there that continue to wonder what we might be doing and why we're doing it. We have another initiative that's launching in 2023 as well. And I was wondering if we could talk briefly about our brand refresh project. Well, yeah. You know, as an organization, we've grown quite a bit in the last 15 years. I think you know, as many as many people know, we've we've garnered a lot of awards and and had some national recognition. Our mission, vision, and values, which which I think are important and which we hold near and dear to our hearts as we as we work and try to serve the community in the best possible way, have stories behind them. And sometimes it's you know it's important to take a look at how we project ourselves to the community and how we perceive ourselves. And when our mission, vision, and values were developed back in 2008 or 2009, we were having some struggles as an organization. And I I think we've grown past that. We've developed more fully into a patient-centered organization. Hopefully, our community is very proud of. And I think it's just time to rethink how we project ourselves and and how how we motivate ourselves with respect to our mission. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think this whole project will be, it'll be a bottom-up driven process as we look at our mission and our vision and our value statement. And we'll be gathering input from folks across the organization so that we can just polish those that. Those are real solid statements. And they really do depict who we are or who we have been. But it seems like a good time to polish those up a little bit and project out into the future, especially with our vision statement, which is supposed to be really aspirational, right? What do we want to be 10 years from now? 
And when that vision statement, our vision statement of to be the first choice in healthcare was created, that was pretty aspirational at that time. Now it's sort of who we are, right? We are the first choice for healthcare. So what do we want to be 10 years from now? That's, that's going to be the fun part of this process. So hopefully there are folks out there who are engaging in it as we go through the process over the next year and see what new we can come up with. Should be a lot of fun. One of the things we want to be very mindful of is the fact that as we've grown, it's largely been in the outpatient arena. We've got campuses all over Chico and, and even outside of Chico. And our mission, vision and values have to incorporate every campus, not just the acute care hospital. And that's what I think is going to be fun about the project is getting everyone involved and really representing truly the depth and breadth of our organization. Yeah, you're exactly right. Exactly right. Well, I hope our listeners will keep their ears open for what's happening with that project and engage when they have the opportunity. So we've got one final topic I wanted to touch on today. My joint commission has come and gone. They're behind us now, having finished their survey of NLO. Can you tell our listeners what your overall impressions were this time around? Well, it was interesting this year. Normally, we there's a flurry of activity as we anticipate a Joint Commission survey. In fact, we might go through something as extensive as, say, a mock survey to make sure that we're doing everything that we're supposed to do with respect to Joint Commission accreditation. But this year, in the wake of COVID and everything else, you know, we just thought, let's just see what the Joint Commission does when it sees us as we really are, not as we have maybe artificially prepared for a survey. And certainly there were some things that we talked about that we reminded people of, but we we didn't go through the preparation as extensively as we might normally go through. And I have to say, I was very proud of the way our organization presented itself to the Joint Commission survey team. We had deficiencies. That's not unusual, but They saw us as they could have walked in any day of the year and had the same survey with or without preparation. So I can't say enough about the work that our team does and how well we adhere to the all the rules and regulations and policies and procedures necessary to maintain licensure and accreditation. I think we just did a fantastic job. And especially after all we've been through. And in the immediate wake of all the stress of the ups and downs of the COVID pandemic, we did a really great job. So we have a lot to be proud of. Yeah, I would agree. I think the results of that survey just really do show how well this organization shines. When you consider the depth and breadth of the things that they're they're surveying for and the size of this organization, we really did shine. So it was pretty cool to watch that process. Absolutely. That's about all the time we have for today. And as always, Mike, we want to thank you for your time and transparency behind the Enlo microphone. We really do appreciate you very much. Thanks to our listeners for spending time with us and sharing this program with your colleagues and friends. We'll talk again on February 1st when I'll welcome Jenny Humphreys, Director of EMS and our Chief Flight Nurse to the Enlo microphone to share more news, updates, and information that's important to you. Until then... This is Jolene Francis sending you all a most sincere thank you for caring for our community.